Michigan's longest-serving governor, William Milliken, died last month. Milliken was known for working across party lines, but outside of Michigan, he may be best remembered for the Supreme Court case that bears his name. WDET's Alex McClinton has more on Milliken versus Bradley. It's the early 1970s. The city of Detroit is still licking its wounds after the civil disturbance in July 1967. White flight to the suburbs is in full effect, and as those families moved out, Detroit's racial composition began to change. One of the places that was apparent was in the city's public school system. The NAACP filed a suit challenging lawmakers on the issue. And nobody historically really argues about the fact that there was discrimination. That's Peter Hammer. He's a law professor and director of the Damon J. Keith Center for Civil Rights at Wayne State University. Hammer says the issue was school inequality reflected the various housing policies and economic redlining present in the city. Because where you live determines where you go to school, the NAACP argued that school integration could never occur where those discriminatory factors are present. The whole controversy in Millican deals with the remedy. The key question was how do you integrate a school district that, on its own, is becoming less diverse? White flight had been so intense uh, that they really couldn't have integration uh, if you're only looking at Detroit as, a, as, a, as the unit, right? So I could bust all I wanted inside the, the boundaries of Detroit, uh, but as a result of the white flight, that would never produce integration. The desegregation case was first ruled on at the district court level by Judge Stephen Roth. Because of the city's racial makeup and the ongoing trend of white flight, Hammer says Roth believed a desegregation plan for Detroit schools would have to include the suburbs. He said, uh, we really look at this as a regional problem. Uh, Racism is a regional issue. Segregation is a regional issue. uh, And therefore, I want to have a regional remedy. The solution Roth came up with was interdistrict busing a plan where inner-city and suburban students would be bused to school together with a quota reflecting the region's diversity, not just the individual districts. Uh, And that was the remedy that then became the controversy. So the question was, uh, in terms of the court, is would they permit inter-district busing? The U.S. Court of Appeals agreed with the district judge and upheld the inter-district solution. But suburban residents were unhappy, and the Milliken case made its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Arguments next in number 73, 434, 35, 36, Milliken against Bradley. That's where Michigan's Attorney General, Frank Kelly, argued the case of suburban schools. If we are to allow the courts to engage in in, in social goals uh, rather than confine themselves to the scope of the remedy that the violation requires, we allow them to trample on the rights of clients such as mine here today. Kelly argued that because there was no proof of intentional segregation in the suburbs, they should be excluded from the solution. Peter Hammer says the Michigan case was compared to one that was heard just a few years prior, Swan versus Charlotte Mecklenburg. What the Supreme Court said in Swan is that that busing is an appropriate remedy. Uh, And if you look at the facts of Swan, uh, that busing was happening at a huge geographic uh, sort of, of boundaries. The Swan case was consistently referred to throughout the Milliken versus Bradley case. Courts have failed to read Swan. In Swan, this court said that the task... This court's opinion in Swan makes quite clear. Swan said busing could be used to desegregate schools if the schools were all in the same district. 
And so in a 5-4 vote, the Supreme Court overturned the multiple district solution. Without an interdistrict violation and some interdistrict defect, there is no constitutional basis for an interdistrict remedy. The ruling set a standard that desegregation was not a regional responsibility. However, in arriving at that conclusion, Peter Hammer says the Supreme Court misunderstood key context from the Swan case. So in uh, Charlotte and in Mecklenburg County uh, and in North Carolina more generally, if I have substantial urban sprawl and white flight, they continually change the school district. North Carolina redrew the district lines. So at the end, what you had is a regional unit. Therefore, busing within the district lines was a reasonable solution in North Carolina because boundary lines were already changing to reflect the region's diversity. Uh, and this doesn't get talked about in the case, which is really sort of showing that the court's not really understanding what the real problems were. The ruling meant that as white families left Detroit for suburban school districts, the largely African-American community still in the city was just kind of left there. That inaction essentially allowed the city and the suburbs to segregate themselves. Thurgood Marshall wrote an, an amazingly powerful dissent, uh, basically saying what I'm saying is that you don't provide a remedy here, you have no way to deal with the segregation. will be ill-served by this court's refusal to remedy separate and unequal education, for unless our children begin to learn together, there is little hope that our people will ever learn to live together and understand each other. The other thing, that there was a concurring opinion uh, where the judge just kind of throws up his hands. We can't even begin to deal with these. They're unknowable forces, right? Unknown and unknowable forces. In Justice Potter Stewart's written statement on the Milliken v. Bradley decision, he recognized that white flight and what he called private acts of racial fear were causing segregation in Detroit schools. Even so, Stewart still voted against interdistrict busing. Some felt the outcome stood in the face of past desegregation rulings like Brown versus the Board of Education. The very evil that Brown was aimed at will not be cured, but will be perpetuated. Fast forward to present day and law professor Peter Hammer says the result of the Milliken case is visible in Detroit public schools. You think about the state of Detroit schools and the whole collapse uh, as a result of, of, of failed state policy in terms of governance and finance has created a school district that is completely dysfunctional, is not serving our children. Hammer says the outcome is still being fought through cases like the right to literacy. So you think about uh, that case, which is, is Gary B. versus Snyder, because Snyder was the governor when that was brought, is also a legacy of, of Milliken. That case is currently making its way through the U.S. Court of Appeals. It asserts that literacy is the right of a student who attends school, attempting to hold lawmakers responsible for funding needed to raise the reading level at Detroit schools. If successful, the case could help make up ground the district lost 45 years ago as a result of Milliken versus Bradley. I'm Alex McLennan, WDET News.